0: Hello everybody and welcome to The Daily Objective. Today I've got Daniel with me. <clears throat> uh, today we're talking about a law that has been passed in Denmark which is outlawing the banning of any religious scripture but particularly a lot of the context is focused around the Quran and this received a lot of attention so we're going to be talking about that a little bit and why we think it's basically a bad idea. Um, to start with we're going to do the news as always though. So we're in day 63 of the war. Um, What we're seeing over the last few days has been the intensification of the fighting. A lot of it is moved into the south of Gaza at the moment. Um, The IDF is surrounded and is trying to penetrate into Khan Yunus, uh, which they've described as being the kind of main stronghold for for Hamas. Um, And a way that you can see that the fighting is intensified is that there's been a large jump in deaths of IDF soldiers. So just a few days ago, I think the deaths were actually still in the high 60s. I think, unless I'm getting that wrong, but right now they're actually standing, I think, about 92. So there's been a large increase in deaths. Um, unfortunately, one of them has actually been the son of the Israeli minister for war. whose name is Gal Eisenkot. There's been a large outpouring of sympathy and uh, grief from around the country on his behalf, in effect. And there's been a, a public funeral, which uh, the PM attended as well. Um And then those are the main things which have been in the news. An interesting little thing that was in kind of the side of the news stories today, which I thought might be interesting for us as well, is that a senior IDF soldier, a Lieutenant Colonel Yisrael, and they withheld his surname, um, reported that just 15 minutes into the ceasefire, which began a week ago, uh, Hamas actually broke the ceasefire. So the ceasefire began at 7 a.m. that morning. And... um, Actually, the ceasefire ended a week ago, excuse me, not began. Uh, it began at 7am and at 7.15 he reported that his group or his battalion was t- was attacked by a large group of mass fighters. Um, he reported actually that they killed 20 of them. That's just how many there were before they backed off. So I thought that was an interesting thing for all of us to just be aware of because <clears throat> uh, the people who are calling for a ceasefire are calling for ceasefires with an essentially dishonest party in Hamas. So the ceasefire didn't even last 15 minutes, really. Um, but those are the headlines for today. So, <clears throat> Daniel, why don't you bring us in? So tell us a bit about this legislation.
1: Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure if you mentioned it exactly, but it's, uh, despite the title, it's not just uh Quran burning that's banned. It's, uh, I think it's all religious text. Uh, I'm not sure how exactly it was formulated, but yeah, so it's also the uh, what is the Jewish one Torah uh it's Bible um and yeah basically the, the reason it came up is there have been a lot of protests in both Sweden and Denmark and a lot of them involved uh Quran book burning that generated a lot of especially diplomatic outrage and uh I think one of the reasons at least in Sweden why they were considering it, for example, was the fact that uh because of this Turkey has been blocking uh, uh Sweden's uh uh I guess what would it like uh, Sweden joining the NATO uh which again gave me one more reason why we should just kick out uh Turkey out of NATO which actually led me into a rabbit hole to see how can you kick people out of uh NATO And uh, for some reason, you you just, none of these organizations, I think it's same for the UN, none of them have like a process where you can just get out. Uh, So the only way I found out how you could kick the nation out of NATO is if everyone else basically agrees. Uh, Maria, that was one of the many rabbit holes this uh, article had led me down. Uh, So what do you think about, uh, well, let me ask you, what do you think about the ban? I haven't. Yet said anything about the ban? Um, I think this
0: is really bad, and I think I think there's a lot of reasons why you can say it's really bad. But this is an issue that's been kind of perennial in Europe for really I think about two decades now. Um, this kind of issue around <clears throat> offending religious groups and so on, um, obviously majorly come, comes up in the context of 9/11, but particularly in a European context, comes up with the um, the murder in Denmark of Theo van Gogh, um, who was a documentary maker who worked with Ayaan Hersi Ali, who we spoke about a few weeks ago when she converted to Christianity, or we kind of converted to Christianity, right? Um, And that was the kind of initial big cartoon scandal. I think everyone probably holds more in their mind the the Charlie Hebdo uh, cartoon scandal, which was about 2015, I think it was. But actually, 2004, 2005, the original one was with uh, Theo van Gogh. And um, actually, I'm even mixing things there, excuse me. But, the, but the, these kind of things are coming up in Denmark, right? Around that time. And this has kind of been legislation that's come up a few times. And European nations are generally pretty bad on thinking that they can outlaw this stuff. Um, and it's disappointing to see Denmark do this. Um, the only, th- so <clears throat> and I'll, I'll get into that a bit more. But you mentioned, some of the reasons for this. Actually, what I didn't quite see was why is it that there's a spate of Quran burnings coming up? Like that wasn't fully clear to me. Like recently, is this connected to Israel Palestine or do you know what this is connected to?
1: I I think it has to. Although I know some of it, like traced back a little bit. I know I, I think especially between and it often comes up that they have a huge or they had a lot of uh uh not immigrants maybe. Uh, Or or maybe refugees, I'm not sure which would be more appropriate here. Uh, So I I know this has been happening for a while, this, like, surge of kind of right wing, or not even right wing, like alt-right sort of populist uh, opposition. And I think it comes up with... uh, I think that these protests are sort of uh, part of this.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, and so... (laughs) These kind of laws are basically part of the reason why I think they're really bad is what they're enshrining in, into the legal system and what they're being very unclear on is that what is the actual basis for why this is wrong? Um, and it's essentially because it's offensive, because it's emotionally um, offensive to people. And it's not to say that there isn't something um, emotionally well, offensive.
1: Okay, just, just quickly. I have one sort of like a devil's uh, devil's advocate argument we can talk okay, about go. later. Uh, yeah,
0: but let's go for it. before before that. Let's go for it. What,
1: like, sure. What you think so it? W- when you mentioned that uh, it's only offensive, and uh, I think i read not in the article you sent me, but there was one more when uh, before they were even thinking about this law. One of the arguments brought up is that uh, book burning incites violence, and mm-hmm. I was thinking about it a little bit because we, when the war started, we talked about how a lot of these protests or or you know chanting uh, from from the river to the sea. And all this, especially after the October 7 attacks, or like right after the day after, or even the day off, uh, can incite violence. And I was wondering, uh, what's your opinion about this? Could, uh, I I have one point against this, my point, but I'm wondering what you'll say. Uh, What do you think about this idea that basically allowing, especially during big protests, allowing book burning can incite violence? Uh, just quickly, uh, one case I can bring up is uh, there were like two people who did this book burning in front of, I think, like parliament in Denmark. I'm not sure what it was exactly. And I think they pretty much they said they wanted to incite violence and that's why they did it. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they yeah. burned books. Um, I don't th- My thoughts about this they that it doesn't
0: properly constitute the incitement of violence. Um, I can see how for people who are um, prone to violence or whatever they might see that get I don't know get excited and agitated and so on but I think the legal system has to be very clear about what constitutes incitement to violence Um, and so literally calling for saying I want to commit violence or you should commit violence that's a very clear case offering money to do it and so on and then also I think there are there are ways which are less direct so like saying uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. There is that kind of thing as well, which is just an impl- a slightly disguised way of calling for genocide. Right, <clears throat> uh, but I don't think burning of books can count, and it's for and so it's partly because I don't think actually there's a clear message of communicating violence there, even if certain groups might understand it that way. But also, I think part of the key reason is that books are property. So one of the things that this law kind of admits is that you own a book or someone owns a book. Why is it wrong to burn a book? From as far as the legal systems concerned, it would only be wrong if the person who owned the book didn't want it to be burned. So let's say I, I own three Bibles, right? So let's say you grab a Bible. It's not because I like read them. There's I have a few. You burn first- them.
1: We get it. You just need a bunch of them, right? It doesn't make no, sense no, no, no. to just do one.
0: I have I have my grandfather's Freemason Bible, which is kind of interesting. I have a Bible that was given to soldiers after the Second World War, so I thought that was very cool. Um, and then what's my third one? I, oh, I have an English-Greek, uh, in ancient Greek Bible, because I used to learn ancient Greek. So let's say you took one of those and you burned it. You're burning my property, so the state should stop you doing that or should fine you for doing it, whatever. Whatever. Um, It can't be because it upsets me or it annoys me because the content of the book is in somehow uh, sacred. And it isn't because there isn't anything properly understood as being sacred in the sense of having immense value, being special in some sense to people. It's just that it's not for the state to decide on that. And it's not uh, to decide what is and what is not really. And it isn't for the state then to punish people if they dispose of their property in whichever way they choose. So I mean, if you think about it, if you owned a religious scripture in Denmark and you burned it and, so, and actually the the literal part of the law it says it prohibits the burning soiling trampling or cutting of religious scriptures um how ridiculous is that if if you own a scripture and you want to burn it if you want to soil it uh, trample it or cut the religious uh, a, a bible what's wrong with that and also you know, I don't want to be finicky about this, but soil. If I spill coffee on it, am I suddenly in, in junk you know, breaking this law? Um, There's something ridiculous about it. It's my property; I can do with it as I please. Uh, and, and I think it's immensely bad taste to burn scripture. I don't think that's very good. i done burning any book, really, in the sense of doing it as this demonstration. Um, I think John Milton was very right that when he hears this great line from his book about uh, his speech about free speech called Ariel Pagetica, where he says that anyone who destroys a book destroys reason itself and that's kind of more symbolic about what the effort is trying to do um so i take a dim view of this but <clears throat> people should be allowed to do it if i want to get rid of one of those bibles i should be allowed to do that if i want to do it by burning it i should be able to do that if i want, if i want to soil it if i want to tra- trampling on it is very strange as well does that mean because people are going to be stamping on it and that's an especially that's an especial way that you need to prohibit anyway um, so that's essentially what it's enshrining emotional offence into the law, and it's and therefore is not allowing people to dispose of their property as they wish, right? So that's that's my thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, so just quickly, because someone mentions it in the chat. So yeah, uh, if uh, for breaking this law, there's uh, either a fine or up to two years in jail. Uh yeah. which is well.
0: I mean, think about that. That's so. I mean, the fine is bad enough but the government's saying that they could potentially decide to take away up to two years of your life for doing something to a book. What on earth is this? And so, you know, although I generally disapprove of doing that kind of thing, it's completely legally should be allowed. Um, there's, a, there, there's a proper separation of morality and legality in the sense that you should be able legally to do certain things which are immoral or which are unadvisable or which I think a rational person would look dimly on so but do you I mean, do you think about it that way or how do you think about
1: it uh so there are a couple more points i want to bring up but i still haven't mentioned uh so the aspect of uh, inciting violence uh so what i was thinking about is that even if it was an incitement to violence which maybe in some context you can come up. Well, we already have laws for that. We already have laws against inciting violence. It's not protect, protected speech, even in the United States. So that's why even if you had this argument, I, I cannot see any reason to make a new law about specifically this, because there are already laws in books on specifically inciting violence. Uh, one thing I... I so w- whenever I go to things... Uh, Whenever there's like a new law, what I like to do is always look at the parties who support it or are against it. And uh, when I was going into this, I was already going to be like, and this is uh, why partisan politics are a problem, because you have one side which supports it and is bad, and you have the other side who is against it, but is against it for the wrong reasons. Uh, but to the extent uh, I like learned about it, so that there were the Denmark Democrats, which were the more kind of populist uh party in Denmark against it but there was actually the liberal alliance which seemed more reasonable and their uh, reason for being against this law was uh, that it's limiting the freedom of speech Uh, and talking about the freedom of speech I might as well bring in the so I was looking at uh, if Ayn Rand ever talked about something specific like this and the closest thing I I found was uh, this from the philosophy who needs it uh, and it's, it is not very inspiring to fight for the freedom of the purveyors of pornography of their customers. But in, in, but in the transition to statism, every infringement of human rights has begun with the suppression of a given, given rights least attractive practitioners. In this case, the disgusting natures of the offenders makes it good test of one's loyalty to the principle. And I think it really speaks about it because, yeah, burning books is a very barbaric act. I don't think you can uh you can describe it any other way, but it's with this kind of uh uh cases where your principles are truly put into practice. do you actually believe in freedom of speech even if it's a heinous act as burning books hmm.
0: yeah, very much so and <clears throat> one of the things about this is apparently why Sweden isn't put influencing the stories, at least in the Guardian article I read, which you should take with a pinch of salt, right? Uh, it was saying that Sweden has wide-ranging protections on freedom of speech, and I'm surprised by that. I didn't, I'm not aware that Sweden does have that, but if if that is why they're not doing it, then good. Um, but very clearly, Denmark doesn't. And I was saying before that European nations have a bit of a history with this, and they and they do, and they, they these kind of infringements always start with the most disagreeable offensive things and properly offensive things that you know when I'm kind of disparaging that offense should be the standard of the law it's not to say that there isn't there are things which are properly offensive to a good person right um and so and that kind of is getting to Rand's point as well that there are things which are properly understood as offensive which you should defend um, and in Europe a lot of this often, I think, has its roots in kind of laws around anti-Semitism. And we've been speaking around, and it has and it has roots in various things, but anti-Semitism is a very noticeable one. And we've been speaking a lot about anti-Semitism on the channel. But one of the things that we don't advocate is that um, it should be illegal to be anti-Semitic, right? Whereas in countries like Germany, for example, with, for every very obvious historical reasons, um, it is punishable. And, for example, you couldn't read or well, you couldn't acquire a copy of Mein Kampf for a long time. It was illegal to sell it. Um, I'm not sure exactly if they've gone back on that law. Um, there was there was something about it a few years ago, which I can't quite remember. But you can see how it's this similar kind of thing right? you couldn't print or own a copy of Mein Kampf in Germany. Now, even if there's obvious reasons where that's coming from and it's a kind of almost overcorrection, It's still a problem, and part of the reason why it's a problem is because it sets this kind of precedent. And European nations have these kind of precedents, and then they act on them continually. And essentially, if you look into Denmark's legal history, which I haven't done, there will be some kind of precedent for this, which is why they're able to get away with it now. Um, And and why, even in the population's mind, why they're able to get away with it now is because the population will have allowed various infringements of this kind for a long time. So even the people who are objecting to it probably don't really on the for the most part have a good principled defense against it, because there are probably other things where they've allowed the government to infringe in this way. And that's how we sell ourselves down the river. Um, in the UK, connecting to the antisemitism thing again, the famous case of uh, Count Dankula, I don't remember that one, uh, Mark Meacham, who was just in Glasgow, so not very far away from me. Uh, and he trained his dog, right, his pug to do a, a Nazi salute when he said see Kyle or something, and put up a video of it to tease his girlfriend. Now, that's a pretty silly, flippant, you could even say, uh, you know, kind of irresponsible thing to do in a certain sense. But he was taken to court for it and fined. And he could have received a much harsher penalty. And basically, the standard in the law was whether it offended a Jewish person. And, you know, I'll stand stand up here a lot and say that I don't think anti-Semitism is taken seriously enough in all these kind of ways. But it should not be legally punishable. I also don't particularly think it was anti-Semitic. I think it was Silly and childish and ridiculous, right? But even if it were, he should be punished for that. But we have these kind of things which have seeped into our legal system, particularly because a lot of European countries don't have anything comparable to a First Amendment. Uh, so this is how we get ourselves into trouble.
1: Uh, so let me just uh, read out the super chat. So thank you, Christopher, uh, for two ninety nine, and thank you, Bonnie. Uh, also, Stephanie is in the chat. Uh, is asking if this burning means all religious texts? And yeah, we mentioned it at the start. It's not just Quran; it's all religious text. Uh, one okay. thing I wanted to yeah mention is about this, yeah, how they they start with maybe even well, it's not a good idea because banning any speech uh, is not a good starting point. But you could see like a positive motivation, like wanted to ban like Nazi. Let's say i think even swastika is banned in a lot of european countries i think i think even in slovakia i think in slovakia it's specifically that like all extremist uh, symbols are basically banned uh which i think can even include uh, the soviet sickle um mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's very like a slippery slope because uh how long are we away from you know advocating for getting rid of welfare uh mm-hmm. how you know, is that extremist? Uh, yeah. I, I think I, well, of course. Uh, a, yeah, of course uh, inf- sorry, I uh, uh, only wanted to mention how how far like this, especially in Germany, how far these bands go. So one of my favorite games called Hearts uh, called Hearts of Iron, which takes place during the World War. Uh, if you have the German copy. And you look at Germany. One, it of course doesn't use the German flag with the swastika. And another thing, you cannot even see the portrait of Hitler. Even that is like completely blacked out. Uh, so this is one of the like you can see how far like this banning goes.
0: Mm. That's interesting. I wonder what the German copies of uh, the Wolfenstein series are like. Um,
1: I I think it's similar. Uh, they all the like because I I played also Wolfenstein is uh, one of the like uh video game series uh but i believe also all the uh uh like all the flags are replaced all the swastika flags are replaced with iron cross flags and i'm wondering what about because like in in the second game there is actual hitler and i'm wondering what they did with that i mean if you want to talk for a bit i i I can take (laughs) a look why
0: why don't you have a look um but yeah so i think what people should be there's a there's a couple of issues at the root of this i guess we've talked about we've spoken about how this is enshrining emotion and so on part of the the way that we protect ourselves against this is by codifying constitutions so i'm not too sure about other european nations but in the uk for example we don't have a codified constitution um it's often said that we don't have we have an unwritten constitution which isn't quite true actually a lot of it's written down but for example we don't have a US Constitution where it's all in one document, I could basically print it off for you in 20 sides of A4, and it's in very brief, um, easy to understand language and so on, that's prescriptive. The UK Constitution would basically fill up a library uh, if you were to try and interpret it, and it's a huge body of text and also some unwritten things, um, such as conventions and gentlemen's agreements, right? And so basically it relies on people willing to play ball, and the degree to which any speech is protected in the UK depends on the the degree to which politicians are willing to protect it, which of course, isn't a principle protection of it at all. There's no constitutional protection. So this is part of the problem we get ourselves into. I think a lot of European nations are basically in the the same way. I'm not sure whether Denmark has codified its constitution or not. I think actually they must have done because I sometimes hear it said that the UK is only one of two nations which have an uncodified constitution Mm -hmm. anymore, but they, they clearly haven't codified a protection for speech into it um or they need to have harsh st- stronger protections for these kind of things right but and for property as well because property comes into this as well Andrew, you look like you have an answer to the wolfenstein question
1: uh so i have but i also have a bunch of upcoming announcements uh so t- uh, is there anything you want to say before the end because uh i'll be here saying things for a while <laughs>
0: no go for it
1: uh, okay, so first with the Wolfenstein. So apparently, uh, Anna uh, Stephanie is even mentioning she played the game in the 90s. So the version we are talking about is the they basically re- renewed it. So they made like a new, new games or like new series, and apparently it was banned. Uh, and then uh, they try to get around with it with, with basically saying that the the Nazis in the game are not actually Nazis. So they replaced all the flags with like a i think like a triangular flag like basically like make a completely different thing and also right. adolf hitler who actually is depicted in the game isn't actually adolf hitler so that's how they basically got around with it and if and you play they the call game him some,
0: did they call him something else or
1: uh i'm, I'm not sure they probably i mean they they okay. like made a specific version just for the german market okay uh, um and uh, so one thing I was going to say, because you mentioned the constitution, so actually this uh, this Saturday at 4pm UK time, that's 11pm Eastern, 8am Pacific, uh, for the ARC UK Platinum members, so I'm putting the link in the chat so you can become one, there's still time, we will be actually, so we have these mock trials where uh, the members are playing the role of a jury, and we do trials of specific, either real-life characters. So we did Brazi as an anti-abortion protester, or we did uh, the trial of Ragnar killed and uh, Dagny. And what we will be doing this week is basically... It it will be a bit different. Uh, The members will not be members of the jury, but they will be actually the lords of the court. And what we will be doing is depicting how you can actually challenge the law in the UK legal system. Since, for example, uh, in the US, you have the constitution, you can always uh, challenge the law with the constitution, but you don't really have the same thing. You don't really have a constitution in the UK, but there is still... A way to basically fight against the law and uh that might actually interest a lot of people since i i haven't i, I didn't know how to do it and even james valiant uh the lawyer didn't know how you can challenge it so uh, that's
0: interesting i mean i kind of want you to tell me now but i i don't want to spoil it but yeah well because this well, like, well i don't want to provide any answer because i don't really have an answer but i have some thoughts about how you might do that but because the UK constitution is, in effect, a mix of laws and precedents and agreements and all this kind of stuff. So it's a peculiar mismatch. Um, but sorry. And then, did you have anything else?
1: And uh, in three minutes, we have the reality show. Uh, among other things, the main topic is basically the aftermath of the Israel-Hamas war and sort of the different uh, parties and their visions of Gaza.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Fantastic. Um, okay, and then anything to round us off? Any thoughts about this?
1: Uh, so first, thank you, Walter, for your super chats. And uh, yeah, always remember uh, your principles matter, and you have to defend even the things you might not want to defend because they are they they. It's not even that they might be used; they will be used to fight against your other rights.
0: Yeah um bad people always look for hypocrisy and inconsistencies to use your own um beliefs and actions against you so you, it's a integrity is a is a very useful way of self-defense cool fantastic well thank you so much for joining us everyone and i hope everyone sticks around for the reality show which will just be on in a few minutes